Orange soda. Red pop. Battles! I think I picked up Dylan on mine. That's true. Hold on. Shit! Let it be real fucking quiet. Yeah. He sells? Okay! fucking videos is this one of this football coach he's from the Miami Dolphins and he was coked out of his mind and he sends it to a prostitute and he's like uh, I wish I could sell it I could snort this coke off your pussy but I gotta go to a meeting <laughs> he's gotta go to a football <laughs> meeting <laughs> he's coked out of his fucking <laughs> I wish I could do shooters off oh, your ass cool. I gotta go to a meeting <laughs> This was a podcast, but it's actually just sexual ASMR. So back to uh, why we started this whole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the war in Ukraine. <laughs> Welcome to the House of the Fetus on podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going to be happening for the House next. House of the Faded Turtle. Yeah. This is <laughs> turtle Boy's here. <laughs> turtle Fucker's here. Still coming up with a name for what this specific podcast would be called. If not just House of the Faded Sun, we shall see. Oh, hello, Dylan. How are you today? Um, today begins the Faded Sun podcast. Uh, I, I've really got a piss right now. I wish that there was more ice. I a little bit. I wish there was more ice so I could make a little drinky. Yeah, I need. We need to buy another ice. Um, maker. Is it is it a maker or what the fuck? It's is an it? ice tray. Ice tray. Okay. Yeah, we need to make another. We need to get another ice tray just for shits and gigs and like I'm tired of running out of fucking ice as soon as we start drinking. Okay, that's the one thing that pisses me off every time. Sorry, setting an alarm. Oh, good. What, well, for the morning? You yeah. can go to work. Yeah. I get you. That is one thing. I was, I was supposed to work Derby all fucking week, and I, like, that is, like, I've, I've been told all fucking year I was going to work Derby. Didn't have to work Derby. What Not happened? The day fucking before. He just told me, like, last second, he was like, I called him today, and I was like, hey, where should I park? Like, I know it's going to be a bitch. Should I just walk? And he's like, you're going to have to have clearance to get in here and all this other shit. And where I, I got a wisdom tooth pulled on Monday. He was like, I, it's going to be more of a fucking struggle just to get you all the clearance to get in here as it would be just for you to take off. So just go ahead and take off. Okay. Like, Deal. Uh, like, oh. Yeah. Granted, I don't have to work, but also I don't get to make money. Both of yeah. those are, that's like a give and take. That's the double headed dragon. Because like, you're not, you said you weren't going to get much work next week either, were you? I work, I know I work next weekend. For sure, but I also I got shit I gotta do next weekend. Like, uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to start this is my friend that passed away. Like he committed suicide, and like he's his birthday is coming up. His birthday is the fifteenth, and like so we're gonna like all the guys from my fraternity are gonna get together, and we're gonna meet up and have uh, have like a lunch or something. Probably like one of his favorite places. 
or dinner and probably all just get drunk together. That's right next day. But <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, it's really funny the group of people there because like a lot of them are like rich, like Southern folk, <laughs> like like they're from like rich Southern families, and then like there's like poor Southern families mixed in there with it, and it's <laughs> such a weird combination of folks. But like we all just like that was the thing is our slogan was like we were all Southern gentlemen, and that's that's truly what we were. It was all just Southern gentlemen of some sort, and like we kept just you know just you know, virtuous values. Uh, it just so happened that, you know, we're all from Kentucky or the area. Like, my buddy was from Florida, and, like, yeah. I don't know if he counts as Southern, but we'll allow it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's the most Southern state, but it's also, like, the one that, like, nobody respects for being Southern. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're just kind of there. It's the odd child. It's the redheaded stepchild of America, especially, like, the Southern area. Right. Yeah. It doesn't I, – I, my entire life I've always thought it counted as not south. Like you go down to Georgia and uh, Alabama and it's like, okay, that's the south. Yeah. And then it just stops. Then there's Florida. And then there's, <laughs> then there's Florida. This is individual fucking state. Then there's old people land. I, I had an argument one time with somebody uh, and it was like, uh, all right, Kentucky is like where the south starts. And they're like, do you really want to be part of the south? And I was like, like yes. When you put it in that <laughs> way, like, well, I like the connotation in which they said, like, do you really want to be part of the south? And I was like, when you put it that way, I see what you mean. No, but we are, we have like. We are Bible Belt, kind of like where the Bible Belt starts, kind of way. Like, we have a lot of those laws, but we're also the in between. We are the in between state. Yeah, the Mason Dixon run, runs right between us. I thought, does it really? I have no idea where the Mason Dixon I thought the like, Mason Dixon like, stopped in Maryland, to be no, honest. No, so like it starts in like Missouri, the top of Missouri, and goes along the states. Uh, okay, so, like, okay. I think it like goes across the Ohio River, from what I remember. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, we've talked about all this hot and heavy stuff, but we haven't introduced ourselves yet. Yeah, I'm Dylan. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dylan. Yeah. I don't know. This whole thing, like, the whole reason I, like, I, I talked about this in the first one that was recorded over two, two maybe, coming up, yeah, about two years ago that we posted, and, it, like, that was the House of the Faded Sun, like, that was at my old apartment, and, like, a lot has changed since then. It was right after my dad passed away. That's really what started getting me going and like, okay, I need to do something that I'm proud of. And this is something I'm proud of. And I've recorded many since then. I just haven't like posted any. And uh, I don't know. Like it, it's something in my head just blocked me from ever posting them. Um, outside circumstances played a big factor in terms of like me feeling comfortable about talking some of the things I talked about, the life uh of a college student and such and like it's it's really weird and so now uh, i'm at a point in my life to where i'm okay fuck it that's like, good yeah fuck it glad you can talk about it now. we ball yeah what about you bud i'm ben i've been dylan's friend since high school i'm here well like <laughs> we were talking about earlier like, <laughs> uh Part of it, like, we were on the front porch having a conversation, and we realized, like, oh, yeah, we should probably record this shit. That's 90% of my conversations, like, with, like, Piper and stuff like that, like, where we have, like, deep conversation, and we're, it's going good, and then we're just, like, this would be very good to, like, go back over, 
because these are like very good points that we're making and it, it <laughs> then we like either don't realize them later or like don't we don't have a way to like go back and it, think about it's it. hard to get yeah. that first impression again after like you hear about something yeah it's yeah. hard to recreate that for the microphone yeah, and, 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 like, that's why it's, like, better. Like, I, I was really happy. Like, the, our best conversations every time we get together is right when we get on the front porch, right when we first get together, go smoke a cigarette, go have a drink, and just sit there and talk. And, like, that's exactly what we did earlier, and we just kind of stopped ourselves halfway and then, like, came in here and tried to set this shit up. Um, but, like, this is the first one. Uh, this whole thing started just because my dad passed away. And, like, I was uh, – coming up on 21 he passed away in december of 2020 um and there is a lot of podcast in between then and now that has been recorded i know everybody says like men don't go to therapy they just start a podcast and in a way that's true i guess but it's also like i feel like part of that comes from we don't feel heard and for some reason it doesn't matter if i'm talking to a mic and if zero people listen to it, it lets me feel like somebody's hearing me. Because there's the possibility that hurt, somebody's heard me. Somebody out there besides me uh, feels what I feel. Somebody understands what I feel. And if you just talking to a mic, you do feel a sense of empathy. Like somebody else has empathy for you for some reason. Um, now, I talk to my girlfriend. I talk to my friends. And they, you know, they do feel empathy. They were there or they, you know, they understand. They knew the people I'm, I was affected by and they, their losses and such. But it's interesting. Like, when you do this, this is a whole different feeling. And uh, here I am, you know. Uh, this is, it's, I, just, I can't express how interesting it is. And, like, like I just, I just finished up my college degree. I just uh, should be getting my bachelor's in philosophy here. Um, within the next six to eight weeks, hopefully I get that mailed to me. Still worried about that. Uh, I have everything done for it. I don't have any reason not to get it mailed to me. It's just like anxiety, just because like fuck. I hope they do it. <laughs> like it feels like everybody, everywhere else in my life, I've been fucked over by some kind of shit. So it's like, all right, this one, like please don't fuck me over. <laughs> like, please college. I got fucked over by colleges before. Fuck. I mean, like yeah, like. My fraternity got banned from my college, and then, like, I moved colleges, went to a different one, fucking, like, you know, and just stayed and just shut my mouth and went to work there. But, like, now here I am. Uh, hopefully a better philosopher, hopefully a better speaker uh, than I was two years ago, and hopefully, you know, you guys can enjoy the thoughts that I have and um, maybe relate to a few of them. I, I feel like I have lived, like I was talking earlier, like, I'm going to therapy and they are all young people that are all the therapists at that place. And it's really interesting because I feel like I am a, I, you know, I am a young man. I'm 23 right now and it's, I've lived an old man's life by the time I was 20. <laughs> like, uh, a lot of shit happened. Like on my 21st birthday, I lost my dad, lost my grandpa, fucking lost my dog, lost one of my best friends. I, 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 a lot had happened within, and that was all within a year of each other. A year and a couple months. It's called a year and a month, yeah. And within 13 months of each other, I had lost a lot of fucking things all at once and was like, holy shit. Like, life's weird. I lost my house during all of that. 
I moved to a completely different town where I knew zero people, but two of my fucking roommates, um, my two roommates were all the people I knew, and it was, that was life. The house I rented was my home. Like, I had to, I changed my, changed my address every, like, fucking year, every six months or whatever to, like, wherever I moved to. That's a very weird thing to, like, get in touch with. It's like, oh, yeah, this is my home now. Like, it's not, I don't have a place to just, like, call my home address. I hear you. Yeah. It's really weird. Like, to just constantly move and be like, okay, let me go to the courthouse and change everything, like, paperwork-wise. Mine wasn't consistent as consistent as yours, and I didn't do it as an adult, so I didn't have to deal with all the paperwork stuff, but that's how it felt with, with me, because I was born in Missouri, and then I moved to Michigan when I was four years old, so I pretty much had to get all new friends there, and then I uprooted my life again, we moved to Kentucky, and we've been here for the last 10 years, and it's like, just I've had like a constant revolving door of friends in my early years, until we finally settled here. Yeah, gnarly, and I, <laughs> yeah, I feel that, like, even, like, so I went to, I went to elementary school in Louisville, uh, moved back to my hometown for a couple years, then went down to E-Town, spent a couple years there for school, went to Bardstown for school. Uh, all through high school, that's where we met, and then ended up at a few different, co- or a couple different colleges. Apologies. I have an anecdote for that. Yeah. Do you remember when you tried to go to Elizabethtown High School? I do. I do remember it very well. <laughs> Let me tell you. There was a little bit of pushback on that decision. Got a story for that, yeah. <laughs> My football coach looked at me in the eyes and said, you're not welcome back here. And then I found out that I if I went there basically I'd be kicked out of school if I missed one payment and if what you'll learn about this is my family's not good at making payments Are on you time. Me? And yeah, and so I was like, okay, I guess I've got to stay here. That's why I stayed. Why the only reason I stayed at the like at our high school was because I was told that if I miss one payment, I can't stay there anymore. Like I'll, at Elizabethtown? Yeah, I'd, I'd be kicked out mid-semester. And Isn't it public school? No, it's so because I lived out of county. It's a city school, and bec- oh. or not. I'm sorry, not out of county. Because I lived out of city, I would have to pay the out of city tax, and if I missed that, it would be, yeah, and yeah, that that was weird. But also, thank God for our football coach. I know that you you have different particular feelings about him, but I will say that he did a lot for me. In no, terms he of like he paid for my camps, he paid for, uh, from what I understand, he paid for part of my schooling, and that was probably I'm fairly sure that's illegal. And like shouts to him for doing that. Like uh, I can't I can't express like my gratitude for that because it allowed me to keep going to school at a place that I I needed. And now granted, I did need that. I got a lot of education. Everybody now in my life calls me smart when it comes to like my philosophy and religion, and it's just because I learned a lot from the people that I went to school with uh, because I had good teachers at those schools and, or at that school in particular and had I transferred in high school I would have a very different life now and I was 100% set on changing my school I have a very long story on why that why I thought I was meant to change school like I basically uh, to cut it down into a short story uh, I, I was in a I went to my grandpa's um, grave 
I was in high school my freshman year. It's just something felt wrong. And I was like, all right, let me go to his gravesite. And me and my dad went to his gravesite, and I just prayed. And I was like, where do I need to go? And if I need to go to E-Town, uh, if I need to transfer schools, like, just send the train. And there happened to be a train that's near train tracks that is by uh, that um, particular uh, it's a called cemetery. And so while we were there, I'm praying and I'm thinking, and I said that in my prayer, and indeed, then came the train. And so I was like, okay, I get, I'll take that as my sign. And I told my dad told my dad what happened and he said okay and then I made a decision and I was like okay, I'm going to E-Town and set up set up everything for it met the football coach there was ready to transfer got everything ready did all the paperwork and then found out that if we miss one payment it's going to be kicked out and so it's one of those things it's like to this day like that haunts me a lot in a lot of ways because it's like you know, like, could I have gone and we actually just made payments on time? But also, like, if you look at, like, as as you guys will learn listening, like, yeah, we're not, we were not good at making payments at that time in my life for pretty much ever until he passed away. Like, there was no payments ever made uh, when they needed to be made. So uh, I see what his worry was and why he expressed all that to me. And, like, he used to talk about, like, why do you want to leave your brothers on the football team and stuff like that? And I was like, I, I, I broke my shoulder freshman year. Like, I, I, like, granted, I loved you guys. Like, you That's guys true. were all cool. But, like, I didn't play with you. I never – I went through the hardships of summer practice and everything, but I didn't play a season with yeah, you guys. Yeah, like, we didn't really get close until after you decided to stay back at uh, Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah. It was after after I decided to stay. After I went – after – because we went to a football camp together <laughs> that was a hundred percent like while we went to those football camp for those three days those two nights that like we sat there and talked to each other and just like bonded like we were like you know what you're, you're a pretty cool guy <laughs> yeah i mean i i pretty much hated you before that so i'm sorry about that no i love you now <laughs> i'm still so interested <laughs> like i'm still like so interested in your psyche as to like why the fuck did i don't you... know sometimes i just look at somebody and i'm like i don't like you that's so funny. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I was that way. Uh, I, was I, like, I don't. No, I don't like this guy. But no, I didn't know any of that, dude. Like that's a crazy story. I had no idea that any of that stuff happened. And yeah, and like, I'm shocked you made it through all that with a smile on your face in your freshman year of high school, along with a broken shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broke. Broke my fucking shoulder and then just then broke it three more times after that to teach me a lesson. Like, yeah. I mean, I was supposed to, like, I was, I was dead set on going in the military. <laughs> That's true. I remember that too, actually. Uh, I was like, I was 100% ready. Like, I was ready to do my fucking PT test. I was supposed to do a PT test uh, for the military to get my, uh, to qualify for uh, ROTC scholarship. And the week of my PT test, because our, our old football coach was an Army Ranger, so he was qualified to give the PT test, and he still had, like, all of his credentials to do it. And so he was going to give me the test. I was in football shape. We were in the middle of football season. And so I was ready to run the mile and do all that shit. And that week, 
is the week that I sprained every ligament and tendon from the bottom of my ankle to my knee. And <laughs> I recovered from that. It took like two, three weeks, like finally, and then like got back to football, um, then played for two, three, four weeks, something like that. Like, uh, let's see, we had 10 games a season. That was the second game. So I got back fifth game. So I played for five games. And then on the fifth game, when I was finally back in shape enough to where I felt ready to do the PT test, I uh, proceeded to body slam a dude. And, like, so I was always told, especially by my dad, like, when football, when you get a person, you don't allow them the extra yard. You don't tackle them forward. If you're tackling somebody from behind, don't tackle them forward. Pick them up and throw them behind you. Well, this guy, I just so happened to reach my left arm out. I was a defensive end, so he ran inside of me. I put my left arm out. I caught him, and I was a defensive end on the right side, to clarify. And so I go forward. He runs inside of me. I put my left arm out. I catch him. I then wrap my right arm around him, and he's facing forward still. And so I have his back. I grab him and suplex him over my left shoulder. And when I suplexed him, I tore every fucking bit of my labrum. My uh, I, t- I cracked the top of my uh, humerus. Uh, I destroyed my rotator cuff altogether. Broke a shit ton of cartilage, and nearly was within a quarter inch of losing my arm. Uh, because when, what year was this? This was senior year. This was senior year Fuck, that that I don't happened. remember that. That was the last one. I had already torn my right side labrum twice. Did you have to wear a cast in senior year? I don't remember that. Senior. This was the last game of senior year. Uh, I did that. That was against Thomas Nelson. <laughs> that was against our biggest rival. And I didn't like that guy because <laughs> he had talked <laughs> shit. And so I suplexed him. And when I suplexed him, uh, it destroyed my arm. It felt like it literally felt like somebody took a, a shotgun and just pulled the trigger underneath, my, like right in my armpit. And immediately I felt everything tear. And so all of that happened. And they, yeah, like went, uh, was in severe fucking pain. Put my, I happen to have slings because I'd have three fucking surgeries by then anyway. And so I put up my arm in a sling and I had the ACT the next morning. So I ate like fucking like eight uh, ibuprofen, uh, went to the, take the ACT. They all wore off by the last section of the ACT. And so like I did great on the ACT up to that point. And that last one, you just see like I got like a 16. Cause like I was just like, fuck CCCC. Like I'm in so much pain. I got to go home. Like I don't give a fuck about this right now. And uh, was that was that when we watched Friday the Thirteenth when you were recovering, or was that junior year? No, it was senior year. Yeah, was it yeah, yeah. Because you, yeah, you came over to my house as I was recovering, and we oh, just we watched year. all of the fucking. I didn't Friday realize how fucked up your arm was, dude. Yeah, oh, uh, so I came. So the quarter inch of losing my arm thing that was when I had the MRI. Um, they told me like, hey, you have cartilage within a quarter inch of your vein, uh, or the artery that runs down your arm. And if that cartilage had pierced the vein or the artery, then you would basically just not know until it had like bled out <laughs> inside of your arm and your arm went completely numb. And cause I had had nerve damage. I had tingling from my, like in my, my whole arm would go numb during that whole time. Uh, because I had, when it flipped and it did its whole thing, 
all those tendons ripped out. When it did that, it caught the nerve underneath when the, the shoulder popped back in place. Oh, my God. So I would just have randomly have my arm go numb and feel a tingling in my fingers, and that would be it. And all up until I had the surgery, which was, like, right at Christmas break. So I took all my finals early that year, uh, did that, and then had my surgery, and then was spent Christmas in a sling, as I did almost every Christmas in high school except for one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Actually. And, uh, it's so weird not seeing you ever get into a sling anymore, i got to say. Yeah, right. Like, like, I spent more of my time in high school in a sling than I did without. <laughs> on guard, like, I think I have more pictures of you with a sling on than I do of you just normal. Yeah, and it, it was because of a birth defect that nobody ever told me. It was until, a birth defect? Until the last one. I have a, so my shoulder capsule is twice the size of a normal capsule. So if you were to, like, put your hand in the shape of a C... And then put your right, like your other hand, in the shape of a ball, and put them together. You're supposed to move to where, like your your shoulder stays in that C. Well, my C, like that capsule, is twice the size of a normal person's, and so it would instead of like moving slightly and shifting like that, it would instead go fucking completely haywire. And so that was, yeah, like why it tore my labrum so bad is because the labrum's the tendon that rounds off that C into a circle. And so, yeah, when your shoulder moves in such a dramatic thing, it'll tear that tendon out. And it would tear that tendon all the way around. And so that's why I would always dislocate. Yeah. Fucking gnarly, dog. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like, realize you were a mutant. Yeah. I, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was born for this shit, man. I always was like... Dude, this guy's shoulders are fucking brittle. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's why it was a. Uh, nobody told me till I got to my senior year and finally had that last. So off. they just like didn't know or. I. They always talked or about tight. Neglected to tell you that. Great question. I don't know, because I, I it, the last one I had was a different surgeon than the first. I feel like there's a lot of times first. that like, doctors just either they like don't pay enough attention. Yeah. Like, not to say that they're bad doctors, but, like, it just seems like there's quite often where, like, doctors are completely off the mark. So, my first three surgeries were from a pediatric sports medicine doctor. Or, no, just a pediatric doctor. And she happened to be a shoulder specialist. And then the last one I had was, I was 18, so she was like, here, just go ahead and go to this dude who's a, a sports, he's the best, like, sports surgeon in Louisville. And so, I went to him, sports shoulder specialist, uh, sports injury shoulder specialist and i went to him and he was like all right here's all this information about your shoulders and i was like oh that makes sense now like that would have been very useful three years ago Mm -hmm. yeah uh so i knew not to do this a lot uh however so i would know not to do a suplex on a poor man probably not play football again after that last one yeah i remember i remember i completely lied uh, i told my mom my like sophomore year after i tore it the second time and i was like if i break it again i think i'm just gonna have to call it quits that was a lie sorry Bob. yeah that's a lie <laughs> i just i just kept going <laughs> i went because my whole thing like my freshman year i was like okay i'm gonna start on varsity and then freshman year two weeks before first fucking football game when i had finally earned I, that week my like our foot our line coach had told us um you get to like this week it's between you and this guy and he's a junior you're a freshman you guys are the ones that get to battle for this spot 
if you're going to be starting on varsity or not. And so we battled all that week and then come like that Thursday or Friday, it had rained and, uh, that in the middle of practice, my arm slid off of his, uh, leg and it tore. And I, I had already torn my left one by that time, but I felt it happen on my right one this time. And immediately I felt the pain and I was like, fuck, I turned over and because our coaches always bitches at us about cussing, I rolled over and go, mother trucker. <laughs> and like, I think I remember and that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and I immediately was like, I did it again. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, I, I've turned my left labrum. I just felt my right one tear. Um, I got to go call my dad. And so I went, called my dad, let him know what happened. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm I'm positive. Like I felt this happen. It hurt. The first time it ever happened, I was uh, we were running fucking suicides in football, and it was uh, my dad was the coach, and it was blow the whistle, you dive, and then get up and run. You know, get up, keep running. Like, but every time the whistle blow, you dive down. And that that week, it had rained, and so what it was was I would it would rain, and I would run, dive, and then my arms would get caught in the mud. And, but my arm would stay underneath me. My body kept going. And because of my capsule being like it is, it would basically move so much that then it would tear because it, it had stayed behind while the rest of my body's momentum kept going forward. And so it tore my left one that first time. That second one, my arm slid off of his uh, leg into the mud while I was pushing him forward. And so it, it caught, ripped out. Third one, uh, I, I think that one that one happened like multiple times. Like it was a small tear, and then a smaller, and then a bigger tear, and then a bigger tear, and then a bigger tear. It happened throughout my entire junior year. That one just kept getting worse and worse. And so, yeah, I just knew that like I was like, all right, I'm already gonna have this reconstructed at the end of the year. So I could only play one side of the ball at that time. I couldn't play offense and defense. So that's why like junior year I only played offense. For most of that season, some of those seasons, like some of that season, you played like offense for me. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, I remember the Bellevue game when I was in the center. Yeah, for like, the one time. <laughs> that, yeah, and they were like, "All right, Ben, you haven't practiced this any. Go play." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, okay." Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent. You know, but we won though, so I called. Yeah. I, I think I did all right. You did good. Yeah, we won, man. <laughs> that's all that matters. I only miss snapped twice. I think. Dude, it happens. But to be fair, it was raining, and again, it was my first time playing center, and they Ever. really didn't train me at all that entire year to play center until Dylan's shoulder was like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, and then our my other backup center that was supposed to be like, so like you were supposed to be playing guard or some shit that year, and then like Carr said they cut his fucking, he cut, he was carving pumpkins at fucking Halloween. Oh, that's why. And he no. cut his fucking tendon and his pinky so deep that it sliced the fucking tendon off. And so he had to get surgery on his hand and he couldn't play the rest All of the I season. All I can say, like, no offense to Carson, but he's not a brick wall like you were. <laughs> he's not as big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But he was the only other guy that was practicing yeah. center. You were practicing guard and tackle all that season. Considering I never practiced it. Yeah, it was all right on the on the fly. I think, like I said, we won. We won. I would have done it more if they'd asked, but I guess they weren't interested. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I think then from then on out, like they were like, all right, you can only play offense because you cannot deal with defense. I like defense uh, more anyway. Yeah, that year's the year that we we ran a 
the the hilarious thing that was on our friend Drew's uh, huddle uh, highlights was uh, he, he knew he wasn't playing in college, so he put my injury on his highlights because <laughs> there's a video of where like there was a play where we had run like a uh, some screen or something out to the side. I go to run, and so I'm. The guy goes to put his hands on me. I cut my arm underneath him, and as I do, he just so happened to catch my my shoulder in just that perfect spot. Just hit me right in the perfect spot. It's where when I pushed my arm through, it ripped my shoulder again, and it dislocated it. And I felt it dislocate, and usually I could put it back in pretty quickly. I couldn't put it back in, and so I ran off the field with my arm just flopping. Oh, <laughs> like my a, God, that was the funniest fucking thing. Like a dead fish. <laughs> just, <laughs> just screaming at our trainer. Like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire football career. It's over and around the field. Get him out! Get him out! Yeah, fucking got her to help me pop it back in. Popped it back in. I'm pretty sure I went back in that game and just, like, <laughs> that's one of those things like you're not allowed to give like minors like ibuprofen or anything and i was like i need something <laughs> i am in pain to minors no you're not allowed to get i don't know why like, Dude, i like, saw people down a whole bottle of ibuprofen in the locker room yeah dog, like, that's the thing you can do anything yourself so it would just be like hey just go in the bag and so if you went in the bag excuse me if you went in the bag and found it yourself she can't say anything yeah, that was high school football for me. I don't know. I didn't. Uh, but yeah, then like that 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 whole thing, you know, four surgeries later, not allowed in the military, changed my life plans. Uh, go to the college that offers you the that offers you the most scholarship and costs the least amount of money. And I went. I chased the money once again. Uh, high school chased the money. Chase like where I think i can get the money uh taken care of with the school i'd went to if we missed payments which we had already done my freshman year they hadn't kicked me out so okay stay there instead of the school where if i miss one payment they'll kick me out deal go in college go to the school that offers me the most money went there whole fraternity kicked out got called every name in the book by administrators the people in charge that are supposed to be the ones that are supposed to be unbiased and like look at things how they really are supposed to be adult and instead treated a bunch of kids like we had murdered somebody i just want i just want to clarify something real quick only fraternity on that entire campus that didn't have a sexual assault allegation was my fraternity my fraternity was the only one that didn't have that because they knew they had help to answer for if i ever heard from any of any any of those guys if if any of us heard that any other of those guys had done that then there was hell to pay and nobody we kept each other accountable we kept each other accountable for everything grades fucking like all of that dealing with girls like if you went too far into some drugs like we we had like interventions like you started drinking too much like dog hey you ain't showing up for class like what's up with that like you're drinking instead of coming up to class like you got to keep up with your shit like and we kept each other accountable we were just southern gentlemen and they did not like because we happened to have conservative views um and they were it's a very liberal arts school and uh, I'm. I wouldn't even consider myself a conservative in the general sense of the term, but 
like the because like the values that we preached about certain things like they just didn't like us um yeah and so the second they saw an opportunity they took it the new we had a new president come in that year uh that everything happened or the year before and he didn't like us then because of a reputation of guys many years before us uh, literally a decade before us had had a bad reputation because of some shit that the fraternity had done and we were new guys every four years a college fraternity changes yeah that's one thing like they change every four years because it's all new guys like and we were completely new the class before me had three guys rush and then 15 guys rush the next year like yeah we were different. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like people yeah. hold on to grudges and they don't even make sense to hold on to because they're not even like the same people. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, like hating hating the Pistons for what the team was in the 90s. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, they're not the same guys now. Like, that's not how that works. And so that that's what it was. And it uh, just so happened that uh, the president's daughter was uh, – flirting with a lot of members of my fraternity and <laughs> just about that. nothing yeah and like but here's the thing none of us touched her with a 10-foot pole because we're all like we know who your daddy is so like <laughs> we ain't gonna fuck with that and yeah that and then etc cetera, etc cetera, for a different day a lot of well, shit happened that's what made him mad a lot of shit happened yeah he took a personal grudge like, against us you don't like my daughter yeah well he took a personal grudge against us because he got mentored in a group chat what happened was they got into a group chat of ours and it just so happened to have some mentions of that guy's daughter (laughs) it was yeah he took that very personal and it it did not go well so i still uh, can't believe that guy ratted you all out he didn't rat us out it was what happened that really got us under trouble was we got hazing allegations there was no hazing i was part of the rush class that like that year that was being accused of being hazed on it was a guy who broke up with his girlfriend mid rush season and so then she put in an anonymous report at 3 a.m and it said blah 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 hazing um they took that and ran with it because of reputation of the past and everything any excuse to get rid of our fraternity they were going to take uh and they ran with it and then they didn't find any evidence and they were pulling at straws and they said look because it's hazing which is against the law we can get the law involved and so would you rather us let us be like let us into one of your fucking call like one of your group chats that we know you have or you uh we get the law involved and so our president of the fraternity was scared as a 20 year old kid would be when a person says we're going to get the law involved (laughs) like with your fraternity and and he and he made a decision and he put them in what was supposed to be our professional group chat and it just so happened our professional group chat was professional all except for about three instances of either memes (laughs) or just some back and forth that had gone awry during the summer and it wasn't during school time it was not during any time that they had control over us or any shit like that it was during the summer that some shit was said and uh it wasn't by me just to clarify like i hadn't said anything but like it it just so happened that 
like all of that happened and they blamed us all for it and then because i am of korean descent and because i have uh, a black uh, like mixed little sister and like had said like openly like i have a black godfather i have a black little sister you think i would stand for racism like you think i would stand for any of that shit and the sexism like i have two little sisters that i care deeply for you think i stand for that shit like no like I, I, i'll call it out when it happens and then because of that they uh called me out brought me in for a specific meeting tried to implicate me in some shit and i had evidence that showed that i did not do what they were telling me that they were accusing me of i uh, formally like wrote a letter like to the school to the board said everything that i needed to say saying that like i didn't have that i have evidence that i didn't do the things they accused me of and uh and i wasn't gonna uphold any of the things they tried to force me to do they tried to get me to have meetings with these people they tried to get me to i was on academic probation i was on regular probation like to where like if disciplinary probation to where if i got in trouble for anything i was going to be kicked out of school all of that shit and i was supposed to go have all these meetings and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i told them i was like i'm not i'm not respecting anything you said because i have proof that i yeah i didn't do what they said i did and i had proof that i didn't and never heard a word back from that school and uh that semester is also the same semester my dad was having a major surgery and so uh and covid had happened the semester before that semester was partially online partially in person so i happened to be able to talk to my professors and say hey i need to go online and go home and I went online, uh, got all of my classes done, went home, and then uh, soon after that is when like my dad passed away, and everything else from my life changed from that day on. Yeah, and that was that was all of 2021 or 2020. I'm sorry, and then yeah, December 2021, he passed away, and life changed forever. <laughs> so here I am now, and here we are on this counter and having a podcast and just talking and. It's fucking crazy. Long story short, you know, long story long, really. It was a long ass story, dude. We yeah. made a couple of different veers into some different areas. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that's one thing I'm pretty good at. Is I can talk about anything for a pretty good fucking time. If you really let me just ramble. Um, but yeah, and like, uh, loss is very weird. I hear you. Well, loss changes your thought process. Changes like how you think, and you like I remember every bit of that all up until then, like so specifically, and then from there. Well, it's like I was saying earlier. I still remember when I heard about your dad. I, I that's one of my most vibrant memories I have. Like you have that memory of suplexing someone in football. I can hardly remember ninety percent of my football career. Yeah. I think I was just going off instinct for most of that, to be honest with you. I, I don't remember much anything. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still do remember that. That one. That that one's probably going to stick with me for a long time. Yeah. Hearing about all that. I mean, that's what I told you. Like, I, I was... Like, I remember, like, when... Like, my grandpa, like, got diagnosed with cancer. Like, I remember we were in a deer stand, me and my dad. And he was like, hey, um your grandpa got diagnosed with mesothelioma and I sat there and I took it in and I was, I was 12 years old and I, okay 
uh, explain to me what that is. And like, uh, <laughs> that sounds like if I was tall, I don't even know what the fuck mesothelioma uh, me- was. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of commercials. Uh, <laughs> well, I know I heard the commercials, but yeah. I didn't it's pay attention. Asbestos in the lungs, it's a fiber. Uh, right, right. And when you get that fiber in your lungs, it doesn't go away and it creates a cancer. It constantly creates a wound, basically, in your lung. And your cells were over. Um, produce and that's basically an an overproduce a cell that overproduces itself is then a cancer because it doesn't have like a specific isn't it crazy that like that's what cancer is it's something rapidly reproducing itself yeah it's when just people an, talk about it, it sounds like it's some kind of virus but it's not it's, it's just a mutation in your cells a, it's a weird mutation yeah it's crazy we're all mutants of some sort i'm a mutant i got webbed toes it's <laughs> <laughs> one of those things and the, yeah and the, <laughs> like I was in a deer stand. I was like, okay, explain to me what that is. And then I was like, how long's he got? And they said they gave him four months. And I cried. He took my time and went back up there uh, to the top of the uh, mountain from where we were hunting and met him at the uh, hunting lodge and gave him a hug, told him I loved him, and spent the next four months showing him love. And that's how that is. It's life. I don't... I don't think that was much longer. Cause you said you were what twelve? I was twelve. I think my grandpa died around the same time. What month was it? February. My grandpa died. Was it two thousand twelve? Yeah. I think mine died in. So I was eleven when I found out. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think mine died the next year. I think it was. Tw- it was either the next year, or twenty thirteen. I think it was my eighth grade year. It was in June of my 8th grade year, because I remember I just had my birthday when we had the funeral. And I was very painful because, not necessarily because of all the memories I had with him, but all the memories that I didn't have with him, because I never really got that close to my side, of, or to that side of my family. Yeah. Like, there was issues going on there, and neither of my parents really, like, we went over there, but nobody was comfortable really being there, like... It wasn't like you were just chilling with your mom and dad. It was like, eh, I don't really, I'm, I've been with you people. You had like specific issues with like, yeah. like your, your like, grandmother, right? They weren't big fans of my dad and my mom wasn't really big fans of them at the time. That's so interesting to me because it's like, all right, this person has chosen like to live like the rest of their lives with them like your your parents weren't married for like a short amount of time like they've been married for a while and they still kept up that bullshit like it's like damn man and it's your parents aren't like a toxic relationship neither like they're nice they're they're good to each other they weren't they didn't stay in that area like they moved away that was the issue is that we they weren't part of the bubble they went we went their our separate ways and that's how I wound up being a child born in Missouri instead of Kentucky, mm-hmm. having lived in Michigan, too, because my dad's job took him somewhere else, and that part of the family wasn't happy about that. That's so crazy. So that's why we're kind of the black sheep, you know? Yeah. No, I understand. I mean, fuck, I don't talk to any... There's nobody with my last name that I talk to. Um, if that part of the family decides to listen to this podcast, um, I love you. If you want to talk yeah like, talk to your boy no no because there's, there's nobody in my family with my last name that talks to me I, I don't know anybody with my last name see 
the only <laughs> the only people in my family that do talk to me are the ones with my last name. Really? Like, uh, like they try, but I mean, I appreciate their efforts, but like, I felt very like marginalized as a grandchild yeah. when I was younger. Like, I feel kind of petty saying this, but I have like distinct memory of like of a birthday, and they decided to have our birthdays on the same day, and my cousin got like all kinds of shit, and I got. A Pirates of the Caribbean shirt and some shorts, and I was like, "Okay." Seems a bit biased here. <laughs> yeah, and I was no. like, "Okay, that's cool, I guess." I, that, then it bothered me, but I was like, "Whatever, it's presents, it's birthday, I don't care." And I think what always bothered me the most is that they never made it to a, a single one of my football games until my grandpa had passed. Even then. They really didn't, because it was senior year when they actually started trying, and that was when I was having my issues with anxiety, so I wasn't really playing that year that much. I played, what, two games, maybe? Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was there wasn't a, a lot, but... It was... They started making an effort, but it was one of those situations where it kind of just feels like it's too little, too late. But, I mean, I don't know. I just... I don't know if I'll ever be able to have that, like, deep connection... That, like a grandparent and a grandchild has no and i understand that i mean <clears throat> me and my like grandma and my mom said like yeah we never really like we didn't get along at all really for like a long time till i got older till i moved out of my mom's house and moved like got yeah like 15 16 17 like till my mind got you know more developed like when i was a kid like she did not know how to deal with a small child especially with the issues that i did like was i was the one that i know yeah yeah your mom's yeah. mom yeah she was great she was just, she was just like she didn't deal with young children especially a defiant young child uh yeah, that's tough well and i'm not good at it either like, well I, stella's a little rascal i just i don't know i guess it's because like because of the life that i grew up with to where like now i have extreme empathy to where like okay i try and put myself in your shoes as much as humanly possible and especially children why is a child acting that way because children everything they act in a way is because of experience because of learned experience and so why why do they act out why do they um get angry about this thing why why when i said this were they cool why when i said that were they not um, when I demanded something instead of asked politely, when I spoke this way instead of that way, um, I, I look a lot into that. And like, I always love a problem child. I love, that's everything in my life. I love the problem. I love the person that's told like, that's the black sheep. That's the person that's like, you're not supposed to talk to. I'm the person that I, I love to go talk to them now because of that. Like I, I, um, I was that guy. I was that kid. Like I, I grew very troubled. Like I, we were talking about earlier. Like I, I beat the bed till I was, uh, nearly eleven, um, and it was because like, I, like I didn't know this till much later. But like, yeah, you, when you're in an abusive household, like you, you pee like the bed quite often. And like I, I number one, I did sleep deep. I'll give them that. But like, yeah, like I, <laughs> every day, like I was like, I, it was some kind of either mental or physical. Like I was either getting slapped or i was getting fucking like screamed at just ultra violently like i fucking like it was just gnarly and that was every day it wasn't like a once a week once every couple weeks like i remember every day so much so that i've forgotten a lot of it 
like I have notes of it in certain books or this notebook or that, which is a different time. I'm ready to do that. I want to go through a few of my notebooks. Um, but like, we've yeah, got quite a few topics to go. Yeah. Over in the coming in those weeks, yeah. months and years. Yeah. And like the, um, so yeah, like I, I, I mean, part of like my experience with like why I started journaling, why I started talking to more people about things was because like I knew I had repressed memories of like things that I remember somewhat happening, but I'm like, why, why can I not remember like all of that? Like I just have things that are just completely blocked out now. Like I remember talking about like all of these different events with a counselor in like third, fourth, fifth grade, uh, throughout all that time period, and then. I moved out of that home. I moved out of my mom's house. I moved in with my dad in seventh grade and in the summer between sixth and seventh grade. And then, like, my mind just blocked out so much shit. I've always found it interesting how a victim, how their brain can just set up mental barriers around certain memories that make them feel bad or give them anxiety. It fucks with me though, because like it fucks with me no, more to no, not. Definitely. It fucks with me more to not remember than to remember. I'd much rather because now I feel as if I have the tools to, you know, I can go back and look into these things and take them for what they are. Uh, but half the time I feel crazier because I can't remember yeah. them. Well, that's like because it's a defense mechanism, so you can try and get on with your life while repressing something that traumatized you. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that our bodies, our brains are just like, all right, that didn't happen. <laughs> Fuck that. Sorry. <laughs> Don't need to like, deal with that I mean, at I've all. I've talked about this stuff before, and it's just, it's crazy to me to think that we can just, our brains can just, <clears throat> gone. Didn't happen. Yeah. And then fucking 10 years down the road, it's like, oh, wait, something did happen, actually, now that I think about it. There were times where, like, something, like, I hate this word, but it will trigger me. Yeah, no, like, I mean, that's very like, valid. It's an overused word, but it is still a very valid word to use, depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah, like, uh, there are times where, like, something will happen, and I'm like, oh, man, like, that's shit. Like, that's just, like, I don't know why the way that you just said something. And it'll be meaning, like, meaningless. Like, my girlfriend will say something a certain way. Oh, what did you do? Did you said, do? yeah, my girlfriend one day said, what did you do? And, uh, like, something just fell or something. Something loud just fell. And because, like, I grew up in a very accusatory household. And so, like, I'm super fucking, like, whenever, especially when I get, like, accused of something, like, I'm immediately defensive. And, like, I was like, I didn't fucking do anything. Calm down. And, like, I had to calm myself down. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, why did I immediately have that response to where, like, I was immediately fucking furious for no reason? Like, it was something very meaningless. Like, I, I, like, something had fell in the kitchen, and, like, I, I didn't do it. But, like, the question itself was, like, enough to just set me down a spiral. Like, I immediately had a flashback of when I was 12, and, like, the reason for why I moved out of my mom's household. Like, that, that's, I think, for a different day. Uh, we can talk there's about There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in that one. Um, but like that one, yeah, like that, like that, that sentence alone triggered me to where like, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like I immediately like adrenaline running, like ready to fucking fight somebody. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh shit. Like that's okay. Let me, let me pa- unpack that one. Why did that happen? And, and now granted, and I thank God for the experiences I've been through. 
and I, I, I thank God for the trauma and for the good because now that I have been through so much good because I've been through so much trauma, I can now unpack that and help others for like, okay, this is why I feel this way. This is why this thing affected me that way. And like, that's one of those things, like just a sim- single sentence was enough to be like, fuck, I'm furious. Oh, wait, sh- relax, relax. I think, but you're right. That is very fortunate that you can, you can help people, but you just come to terms with what happened to you. And I think I've, I, I have experience too, kind of, and I've seen what it can do to somebody firsthand, like the after effects of it. So I kind of have a way to help people deal with it because I've done that yeah. with my own family. And so I think that's very fortunate that I didn't have to deal with that because I had very loving parents growing up and still do, but... I've seen what that can do to somebody, yeah. and it's it's terrible. And so I feel like I have a more empathetic approach to dealing with people that have that issues. That's like one thing. Like I mean, you know, talk about dealt like dealt with some trauma. Like I'm three in a row. Like the, I don't I don't astronomically understand this. That's why like I believe in providence. Like I believe in a a, a purpose given by God, and. Like, and not in, like, the Christian sense, like, and just, like, and by the, the one that made us all, the, by the thing that is greater than all of us, like, that thing that started, that unmoved mover, I believe wholeheartedly in um, a purpose being given, because three girls in a row that I flirted with, dated, or, like, went on dates with, and spent a lot of time with in a row, all had some form of insane sexual trauma and i think that's just like it's obscenely common and pe- I, the people don't talk about it enough maybe and like if it is that common that's horrendous that is, well, horre- it and is I, horrendous it is horrendous it's absolutely horrendous but i also don't feel like every person deals with that like no not no, everybody for sure but the, the, the a, amount that do is too high that's what i yes uh, it, more than one is fucking yeah. like <laughs> one is too much. Yeah, I'm sorry. More than zero is too many. I'm sorry, I phrased that wrong. <laughs> like more than zero is like, too if many. You ask, like, but like, any given if you person. go by like a percentage, like I mean, like not but like, just like a guy cat called me. I mean, like true like no, yeah, sexual no, I know what you're saying. assault trauma yeah. like and uh, three girls in a row that I was very close to talked to deeply and then like went on to like have like a closer relationship if not a full-on relationship with where had extreme traumas and i just so happened to be a person that they felt safe talking to about that they all three of them said that they had not talked about those things in depth with other people and I just so happen to be an individual, and I, I'm not saying that I'm special. I'm saying no, that I think it's you a are because it seems like it's hard thing. to come by if somebody that like people feel safe they can talk to about stuff like that. It seems like it's very difficult to come by for people. I'm just happy to have been in the places and been through the things that I have to simply be able to, yeah, be the person for somebody else to talk to because I that's one of the things that like I love seeing like videos about like and you scrolling through Instagram and shit like that like and it's like okay imagine you talking to the 10 year old self of you like right now would you be the person that you looked up to and I'm so fucking lutely like number one I have a job (laughs) number two like I have a home number three 
I have grown so much and like I'm willing to talk about the traumas that you've been through like I want that's one thing like when people bitch about like because I constantly bring up philosophy with people but it's yeah because it's the thing that has helped me the most I've like I've been through a lot of fucking things in life like really quickly and I believe wholeheartedly that philosophy is the thing that has helped me in the utmost percentage like of me getting through all of these things it's the only reason I'm still able to keep walking day by day and it makes me emotional to think about like the fact that I didn't at one point understand any of this and now I feel as if I have at least some grasping as to like this shit has a purpose and that that's like a Russian philosophy believe it or not that's, well, Russians philosophy? Yeah, Dostoevsky. <laughs> Dostoevsky. Look him up sometime. If you ain't fucking looking up. I don't up. know how to spell that to look it up. <laughs> D-O-S-T-O-Y-E-V-S-K-I. Uh, Dostoevsky. But if you look him up, but like, yeah, Russians philosophize. And so like Eastern Europe philosophy, that's um, like in Western philosophy, it's more based around like the pursuit of life is happiness. And if you look in the Eastern philosophy, it's not happiness, in fact, that you pursue. It is purpose. If you have purpose, happiness is temporary. Joy is what's permanent. But through purpose, you will go through hell to continue searching for that purpose. If you feel purpose, you'll go through hell to continue fighting for it. If you have happiness, there's going to be bad. And if happiness isn't there, then you feel desolate. You feel empty. And that's incorrect of how you should live your life because you are going to have your peaks and you are going to have your valleys. If you have purpose, you're going to keep walking. That is something important to think about. And that, that in my life, I feel as if I not learned, I'm still learning very much so. I have my days of desperation. I have days to where, I mean, like, I, I very recently, like, not very recently, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Let me take that back. <laughs> I, I have been in some dark fucking holes within the past fucking few years of my life. And, like, so much so that, like, one of my best friends committed suicide. And, like, and like that, that thought has crossed my mind itself and, like, in life. And I'm okay. I'm still able to keep walking because I've found purpose. And when I lose purpose... I look for purpose. I don't look for happiness. I don't need happiness. I understand that happiness is temporary. I look for purpose. Well, what, why am I still here? Why Why is it that through all of the death... I have faced death many times. I was in a quarter fucking inch of losing an arm and then bleeding out internally. I was fucking within a quarter inch of my heart when I was little. I ran into a fucking stake that hit me in my fucking chest and instead it hit me to the right and it cut across my chest but it didn't go deep enough in my chest to fucking hurt anything internal. It just cut my fucking chest. When I was little, I have a fucking scar on the top of my head where it cut into my fucking skull and all I had to have was stitches. I can't tell you like how many times I've come within like inches of dying. Yeah. Like it is absurd like how close I've got even like in the past year. And so that's something to ponder on. That's something to fucking take your mind and meditate on. Why am I here? Not why did I make it through that? But why like it, it yeah no no I'm sorry. I I said that wrong. 
why am I here? Why did I make it through that? Because there's a reason for later as to why that thing happened, and now what can I take from that to move on? It's, it's one of my favorite things. Like, and, like when people talk about like they've lost a parent or they've lost somebody close to them. Okay, you've lost somebody close to you. What have you learned from death? Why memento mori, my friends? Memento mori, because it is fucking necessary to remember that you die to understand why you live. For us non-Latin speakers, can you translate memento mori, please? Remember you die. Remember we die. Remember we die as memento mori. Why do you not always reflect on that? Every time you're scared, remember we die. Who cares? Every time you're anxious about something, we die. It's not going to matter. Money, you're going to die. It's not going to matter. Fucking home, you're going to die. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're hungry right now? You're going to die one day. Who gives a fuck? You're in the Western world, bitch. You can go get a fucking salad for $5. You can quit being a fucking pussy about this. Okay? Relax. You're going to be okay. I just okay. want to enjoy my food. Yeah, no. Like, but, it's, <laughs> but that's another thing, too, is that you can enjoy your food. You have the right. You have the opportunity. Enjoy the food that you get to live. I understand and I empathize with that. I understand. I'm fat as fuck. I've, been, <laughs> I've, I've taken myself into some skinny levels, and I've done the fucking pure work of, like, all right, let me lose myself down. I lost 70 pounds at one point in my fucking life, and... I've been now. I've gained another forty. Like I don't. Look, I, dude, let's just lose that seventy pounds, right? right. I'm gonna go ahead and lose it again. No, and I'm in the process again of losing it again because I lose. Like I believe in like extreme obsession, obsession with, like with control over the human like experience with why like all right yeah like cool like I I, I am, I like oh I'm hungry right now. No, I'm fucking not. I'm bored. I'm hungry right now. Until I have a headache and I feel my energy level drop, I'm not truly hungry. Your body eats for energy, and that's it. Like, you have fuel and then, in, like, put in proper fuel. You don't put diesel in a gas fucking engine. So why would you put fucking junk food into a good engine that runs off of vitamins and minerals? And so that's, like, how my mind works is that truth. Now, granted, that's the belief in philosophy that's one of the earliest things you'll learn in a philosophy class okay if you're going to take anything away from this fucking episode it is, it is simply to learn that there are two truths that you can uh, with philosophy there are two truths and both of those are contradicting and you can hold both of them true do i believe you should be able to enjoy junk food 100 percent. do i believe that you should eat correctly and enjoy life for what it is and then understand that you need to put proper fuel in your body 100%. Okay? Should you eat a salad? Should you eat a zebra cake? Both of those are true. <laughs> like, like, understand that, dude. It's okay. It's going to be okay, kid. Like, just fucking relax. There's nothing about that that's wrong. Okay? Uh, understand that, okay, it is okay to eat, like, food for enjoying. But it's when that food and all of those things get in the way of the proper dreams that you have and the purpose that you have. If you're seeking purpose and you aren't eating properly, Okay, then you need to switch something. You need to have a discipline. And once you have discipline and you know the purpose that you're following, then you can go back. 
to, okay, I can have like a zebra cake every once in a while. Okay, I can have a Twinkie once in a while. I can have these cheat meals. That's where a cheat meal, quote unquote, comes into play. Excuse me. Because these things that like, you have a proper way in which you need to live and what your mind needs to work. It's like when you came to this house, what did you see? You saw brain powering like mushroom tablets and you saw alpha brains. Like you saw, I, I, I take vitamins for my mind to work correctly. I take nootropics so that I have like a quick running mind. And I, I eat, I try, I've been like switching my diet up to eat properly so that my mind and my body work properly. So what because is it you have been eating? Like eating probably like I've been going to a more like keto uh, keto friendly diet because I, I in myself and every person has this different to where like you can eat carb heavy you can eat protein heavy I find it easier to eat if I eat protein heavy I can keep eating proteins with no calories and I can lose weight and my body feels fine it doesn't it I have no issue with going in opening up a pack of ham and smacking that motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know necessarily about ham, but I, I do find that the more keto diets, that's easier to sustain for Sorry. me than a carb-heavy Actually, diet. not ham. Turkey, in fact. Okay, I, I, I love smacking on some turkey because it's a lot less salty than ham. Have you ever uh, tried making like a sandwich with like that low-carb bread? Yeah, I, it's very dry. No, I... I yeah. I've had... There's this one that uh, we got, and it was actually like... It, honestly tasted like normal bread it was wild okay because i've had like the really shitty like gluten-free bread that you can get yeah and it is just the worst thing i've ever like tasted so that that's something that's funny with me is that like i'm like i'm so intense like like i've read so one of the things like you'll learn like i i broke my neck um in 2019 i cracked i cracked my c7 was that when you were in the accident? Yeah, I got in a car wreck, and uh, I cracked my C7. I quote-unquote broke my neck. I'm sorry. Uh, let me not suck my own dick here. <laughs> it's like, I cracked, oh, I fucking broke my spinal column in half, and yeah. I came out of it. I, I cracked my C7. I fractured my C7, and when it fractured, like I couldn't walk for three days because I was in so much pain in my spine and like all of my back. And, like... I listened the whole time, like I was in there. I just so happened that two days earlier, while I was driving, ve- I was driving vehicles for a company uh, from state to state, and just happened to, um, in that time period, start the David Goggins book. Okay, I see the time. Uh, I, I started. I started re- uh, reading the David Goggins book through Audible, uh, listening to the David Goggins book. Uh, Can't hurt me, and I cracked my neck two days later in that fucking accident and then i laid down for three days and i was listening to that book and a friend of mine called me and she said my niece passed away i need help i need your comfort and can you please be here and i found purpose i found i realized like i have people to be there for i have something more than for myself and i pushed myself I, I can't physical pain is temporary I'm not a bitch I'm gonna get going that's debatable like, and so, but that's the thing <laughs> you I might be a bitch now but I'm making myself into a person that I can respect are you a person that your 10 year old self can respect absolutely because I got up that day I got up when my friends needed me the most I got up and I drove when I was terrified i drove on fucking highways i took a turn like 
we wrecked on a turn. I was horrified. I took that turn at 25 miles an hour, but I took that fucking turn. And like, <laughs> Dude, I tell you, man, I was in an a- I didn't get hurt, but, <laughs> but when I was when I hydroplaned off that uh, what the hell is that thing in E Town? The on- off ramp on the BG, like yeah. you're, you're going around and it's like fucking yeah. a full circle. I, I fucking hydroplaned off of that and like into the ditch to the right and like did a full like spin in my car, like a 360 degree spin to where I was facing like the rear of my car was facing the other road and i was like okay boys <laughs> that was wild like, and that was terrifying because i was like if that car had like gone a little faster or like anything it could have fucking flipped it could have turned i could have ended up in a lot worse space i could have hit a tree i could have wrapped my car around the tree and i came out unscathed and my car relatively unscathed i think i had to get a new tire afterwards but Everything said and done, everything was fine, and yeah. we didn't even have to like pay any insurance or anything because the we didn't have to do like any reports or anything with the police. And I was like, or get a, we didn't even get a tow truck. We drove the car home. <laughs> I was just it was like one of those things. It's like like you were saying, you come close to death or something bad happening, and you just you're fine. You make it through. You make it through. That's the thing. Every time that you feel anxiety about something, like. Just remember the fact that, or you're scared of something, or you're worried, or whatever. Hey, all of the other times, you're still walking enough to make this decision now. So, or you're rolling, or you're fucking crawling, or whatever you're doing. You're still alive to make that next decision, so who fucking cares? All, every other time, you've come out fine. Okay, you're still alive. That's fine. Take that for what it is. Uh... I think that's a good note. We've been at this for a while, yeah. I think that was a good note to end it. I love you guys. Peace and love. Spread it to your brothers and sisters. This is to you guys. Hope you have fun. Hope you enjoyed listening. Ben, you got any last words? Um, no, just live your life, people. Gotta live your life. Have fun. <laughs> the only thing to scare you is someone that has anxiety. Amen. Do it the best you can. Uh that's uh that's all she wrote for the first episode of House of the Faded Sun <laughs> featuring Ben Kasky. Bye. Love you. <laughs>